Alrighty. I just got to mute it right away because I have it pulled up in case somebody comments. <laughs> yeah, I I got to do that too. All right, so we're live. We're here with Kurt Hoberger. I think that's how you say it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, so here's a really cool thing about Kurt that I just learned that I didn't know. And I'm going to introduce Kurt as he is the man behind BMX Union, if you've ever seen it. He runs it. He does everything for BMX Union. And I also did not know that he is in the past worked for Dig, The Come Up, and Ride. I did know about Ride, but I didn't know about The Come Up and Dig. So he's worked for everyone except for Vital. Um, <laughs> started BMX Union in 2007. And since we're talking about 2007 and we taught, wanted to talk about the evolution of BMX media... I'll let you kind of get into that. Maybe start with starting BMX Union and then work into it. Yeah. Um, so I originally started, so I used to have like a local scene website. So like when Midwest BMX was big and San Diego BMX was big, Yeah. I had my own little like scene thing and then people kind of started falling off and like it just kind of whatever. And I was in school and I was in college and I had like a semester long project on just like how blogging reaches people like mass amounts of people. So I started that and I just started interviewing pros. Like I just hit them up. Yeah. Didn't know them. Never. That was at the time where I really didn't know anybody. And I just mm -hmm. started kind of, um, interviewing a bunch of people and then it just kind of kept going from there. So. Wow. That's cool. Yeah. I never actually asked you about that. So. <laughs> I feel like I've, I've said that before in like other interviews I've done, but yeah, it's, I don't know, kind of a long road. Right. So kind of the whole point of the conversation is BMX media. And I feel like to get into BMX media and where it's at today, we should talk about where it's been and how it got here. Mm -hmm. So do you need any more specifics than that to talk about? Uh, I mean, it's, it's, I think everybody kind of knows, I mean, back in the day there was magazines and yep. then once the internet started kind of catching on more and becoming a little easier to use, everybody started kind of adopting websites and, you know, that's when you had like BMX online, which was like, you know, Ride BMX's original website. And then it, uh, websites got easier to use, easier to make a website. Anybody can do it now. Um, Facebook kind of took off. There was MySpace, but that was never like a platform. I don't think a lot of brands used, at least I don't remember it. Um, Facebook kind of took off and then Instagram blew up. And then YouTube just in the last couple of years, especially has really like taken off and became its own kind of social media platform. Mm -hmm. that every brand has a YouTube now and you kind of look back and it's like, all right. So when I started doing videos and stuff on my original website, like my scene website, we had to like upload the file and you basically had to download the video to watch it on your computer. So yeah. get a hyperlink, download it, watch it <laughs> after like an hour of downloading or whatever. But yeah. yeah. So then it, you know, as things progress, it's got, it's gotten easier and easier. I mean, now we're doing live streams and you think about trying to do that 10 years ago and yeah, <laughs> like, it's like chaos. We're so. literally talking to each other and in the exactly, stream, it yeah. looks like we're together. Yeah. Um, but what did BMX media look like 
12 years ago like what were the kinds of things like what did a post look like or what was the daily it it was i mean the video quality was a lot worse uh, yeah. I <laughs> of mean, course about that. like um so like when i was posting for like the come up that was 10 years ago now i think probably right around there so it was shortly after my site started going and um yeah, the video quality was terrible. I remember, like, the first 1080p videos came out, and it was, like, Odyssey's Electronical. Yeah. And then I think Mutiny did it with Joe Joe Simon did it. Oh, He did, yeah. like, a high-def online video. Yep. And that was kind of right when 1080p started taking off. It was probably 720 at that time. But, yeah, the video quality was garbage. And then you kind of watch now, and you're like, why are there so many VX videos still? <laughs> <laughs> But was it like the same format where was it like you just post the video, post words about the video or was it different at all? It was a lot more different because there was a lot more commenting going on, a lot more anonymous trash talking. Yeah. There was, it was a whole different level. Now, like nowadays I'll post stuff and I, you know, I'll, I'll maybe get like a couple of Facebook shares or whatever, but you don't get a whole lot of comments. Mm hmm. Uh, which is a good thing because quite honestly, like it gets a little crazy. Like I got, I've gotten death threats like <laughs> on stuff, like on posts. Like that's crazy. It's, it's kind of insane. Yeah. So it back in the day was a lot crazier. Um, I remember anonymous comments. Yeah. Yeah. It was definitely a whole different ball game then, but like, yeah, it's evolved and it's just because there's so many different places. Like obviously like Instagram and Facebook. I mean, most people nowadays are on Instagram especially people are writing and it's a lot easier to just comment on, you know, a quick 30 second video clip than it is to go to a website, lo like log into the account or whatever, make it so you can actually post something. So, yeah. yeah. Right. Um, so I feel like for the most part though, it's been pretty much your right words about a video. <laughs> you post the, you, <laughs> uh, you post the video with your words, and that's the that's BMX media. Other than like maybe write ups and other things, but it probably it hasn't really changed a lot, has it? Not a ton. I mean, it's gotten easier to do stuff. Yeah. Uh, when I so when I worked for Dig, their website at the time wasn't like necessarily blog friendly. I guess you could say at that time. And it took like 15 minutes to 20 minutes for me to post something on their website yeah. for like one thing. And if you think that that pays to try and post 10, 15 things a day, it's like that adds up real fast. Yeah, no doubt. So, yeah. Yeah, easily. Um, and that's, yeah. Um, yeah. So it's just gotten easier, basically. A lot easier, yeah. And it's, I mean, anybody, like I said, anybody can do it now. It's crazy. Right. Um, <laughs> So then what about the, uh, let's see, let's talk. So I've got the next thing in my notes is the Facebook apocalypse and how, mm -hmm. how it affected BMX media. So was there kind of a transition from like strictly internet based, like website based content mm -hmm. to Facebook based content? Is that how that kind of worked? Yeah. So like, if you look back, like it was magazines and then websites started popping up and then along with websites like Facebook was really starting to pick up and that was a huge traffic generator for me like for a long time because you know you get a couple hundred thousand fans on Facebook at that time and you post a link and there wasn't that algorithm to prevent you from seeing it because it linked to an external source yeah 
So now, like, you post a link, it they, they limit it super far to, like, I have 520,000 fans on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Or the, the website does, not me. <laughs> <laughs> Just to be clear. And, uh, like, maybe a 1,000 people could see the post. Yeah. It's insane. But, like, at, in, the, in its prime, like, 30, 40, 50,000 people would see it. And... I would get, you know, 20, 30, sometimes 40,000 views on my website in a day. Which that, is crazy because that translates yeah. to over a million a month. It was, yeah, at one point we were doing, so I had my site. Um, so, like, I was doing, like, an ad package for websites for brands because I wanted to make it easier. So, like, my site, um, Can You Dig It, Flat Matters, Bike Guide. Do you remember that forum, Bike Guide? No. So I used to do, I started doing the ads for that. And then um, there was one other one. There was like a free coaster website this guy started. And then he kind, he kind of fell off. And then like slowly I, I kind of separated from all those. But um, we're, I'm not even sure. You said ad package. Yeah, yeah. So it was just kind of that, like the traffic was really crazy. And then after Facebook started limiting that, it kind of it brought everything back down and it made it harder and harder so now like before it used to be facebook outdid everything on traffic yeah now it's google and facebook does like nothing for me so right yeah that's that's an interesting concept and that that Mm -hmm. affects one of the topics to talk about later is the sponsorship things and the ad packages and whatnot and that that affects the value yeah that it's possible to bring to somebody so so with that um things probably i think they moved more towards into instagram naturally Mm -hmm. yeah and And even even so like youtube yeah like guys like you or you know scotty kramer for example like he blows everybody out of the water with his views right right but i'm saying uh so before but before that, I would say the the Facebook thing happened, what was that, like three or four years ago? Yeah, somewhere around there. Probably four, yeah, around four years ago. So now. Instagram and Facebook were kind of blowing up at the same time. Mm-hmm. Facebook died, Instagram's left over, and YouTube hasn't yeah. really exactly taken over, but YouTube popped up. It's, it's Yeah, YouTube has definitely blown up a lot just in the last, like, three years. But you can kind of look back, too. Like, the transition was after Facebook bought Instagram. That's when it kind of started the algorithm stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Taking yeah. it, like, a lot harder. And now it's just, like, you can share posts on Facebook. You can share stuff on Instagram. It doesn't matter. So yeah, and Instagram starting to do the whole same thing that Facebook did right now too. Mm-hmm. Um, I just realized that we completely forgot to mention the first BMX like not first. Actually, we skipped one. Magazines. Yeah. Props. Yeah. yeah. Then the internet because props was a video magazine, which yeah. was BMX media like it was basically the the whole concept of bmx media now like if you take kind of the our bmx youtube channel Mm -hmm. and mashed it into one disc and that's one thing that always kind of blew my mind like i'm sure i'm pretty sure i've asked chris this before but like i'm surprised not every single video that props has ever done is on youtube it should be like he should just upload it all to youtube you know you'd have endless content you could do yeah. sections of dvds for like weeks yeah so, oh yeah. absolutely but, um 
So, so I think we kind of caught up to speed. So where are mm-hmm. we at right now currently with BMX media? Mm-hmm. Like what is the playing field look like as far as it's, how it works? It's changed. I mean, it's changed. Like, like you said, like it's, you know, there's fewer obviously. So like we've seen a lot of media companies come and go, mm-hmm. um, you know, we've also seen a really big like revival and this is actually something I'm really happy to see is, you know, so Dig used to be owned by a publisher yeah. and they closed down or they were going to like shut Dig down and Will bought it and started back as his own thing. Yeah. Ride UK just last year got shut down by their publisher yep. and I think the guys at 70s bought it. I think that's what it was, if I remember right. And then you look at like Ride getting shut down, then RBMX starts. It's all like core guys that run it now. Yeah, like the media side versus having publishers, which is really big. Like, you know, at that time, like Vital, Vital's always been a core kind of, you know, Brad McDonald started Ride BMX and then he went and started Vital, mm-hmm. but they're mm-hmm. focused on, you know, everything. Like, mountain bikes and moto and all this other stuff too. yeah there's vital everything <laughs> yeah vital everything basically yeah so it's i mean we you see it's changed and it's i think in a good way it's just now the uh the pie has shrank a lot yeah and it's it's smaller but then there's also a million more outlets so youtube every guy that has a good channel you know it's like you look at guys like billy perry or Scotty Kramer or, you know, whatever, like these guys have like 200 or like 2 million subscribers or something crazy. Well, I think, I think Billy's at like a million now, but you know, you look at that and it's just like, they don't need media. They have their own stuff going on and brands like, you know, cult and Odyssey, they've been pushing that stuff too. So they've grown their stuff out too, that to the point where I get why they don't need a media company to back them anymore. So, yeah, yeah. So, so that brings up the problem. Like, there's. So, what problems do you think BMX media faces, like now and in, in the future, looking into the future? It's. I mean, it's it's just more of a how do you evolve with the way things have changed? Yeah. And magazines started going away, and you know everybody kind of transitioned to websites, and you know some a little more graceful than others. Um, <laughs> You know, I, I, the biggest reason I left Dig was because they didn't want to make changes there. They couldn't make changes to their website because their publisher didn't want to. They wanted to focus on the magazine. And, um, you know, it's, it's kind of one of those things like you just got to evolve with the times and kind of keep up with what you're trying to do. And, like, right now, like, you know, RVMX is a clear indicator that YouTube is really the direction that they have to go to make it work. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. They, if they were just trying to do the website, they wouldn't be doing okay. Right. I mean, yeah. given that's where they get their ad revenue, a lot of it, but like without the YouTube views and the Instagram, like they would be screwed. So, right. So, so what, what solutions? I know you, you wanted to talk solutions. So I'm assuming that means you have, yeah i mean there's so there's things i've talked about like you know like there are good ways to do website content and you know it's it's the product stuff it's branded you know interviews and stuff like that Mm -hmm. and i get why brands still want to do banner ads and stuff and it 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 does help it does work 
Um, it's just not as effective as it used to be because so many more people are living on Instagram and Facebook and YouTube and they don't actually need to go to the website anymore. Yeah. So you kind of got to look at it from that perspective. And then, you know, so banner ads don't hold as much value as they used to. And for a long time, I, that was all I did. And then I actually cut every banner ad off the site because it just, I was getting so burned out on like trying to beg brands to like give money to do ads and do content and stuff. And yeah. it just didn't make sense. And, and then I started looking into, this was like two or three years ago doing affiliate sales. Mm -hmm. So nowadays affiliate stuff is way more common. You click a link and if you buy something, the person that sent you there gets a commission, you know? Yep. And I tried to pitch that to everybody and they're like, ah, you know, like, I don't know. It's not really right. Like we've never really done it before. And it's a, nobody at the time was really doing it. But now a lot of people are starting to do it. Vans does it. Um, Shadow and Sabrosa do it. I have a couple that I work with. You know, Amazon is a big thing given. People don't like Amazon. And I think that's changed a lot too. Hey, I, I just got a $30 affiliate from someone <laughs> buying a camera. So yeah, I, yeah. I like it. <laughs> yeah. And, and I mean, my biggest thing with Amazon is like you could, brands could do a lot with it. But at the same time, I think shops should be the ones that are using it. They could utilize it. And, um, you know, there's that option and it just kind of, that's the whole thing. So I was pushing these affiliate sales and nobody could really do it. And now everybody's, you know, using these websites to see what. <laughs> <laughs> I wondered if you were watching that. Sorry. Um, Anyways. Like, you know, now everybody has these websites that are made on, you know, these pre, you know, pre-done things. I'm trying to, I'm blanking on like all these different Mix, websites. Squarespace. Yeah. Yeah, stuff like that, and they all have affiliate options, so it's easy yeah. for a brand to just flip it on oh, and do it. I see now. what you're saying, yeah. So it's it's a lot easier for them to kind of go that route, and I think brands are more open to that because if they're paying a you know a media company, for example, me, it's because I made a sale. So, right. And so it. Go ahead. Oh, it, it it gives me incentive to promote the brand, promote the product if you know, I, I have the opportunity to, you know, get something out of it in return. Right. And not only does it help you, it gives an incentive for the riders because then yeah. just the fact that that affiliate thing exists means that they can give the exact same thing to the rider as they do yeah. to you. And the more sales that get generated, the better it is for everyone. Yeah. And, and that was the thing too. Like, I think brands are still starting to figure it out, but I know I kind of pitched it to Etnies when they kind of got their affiliate program going. And like, that was when like Povo was still there mm -hmm. and some of their, they, they did some signature shoes and they just did some like promotion stuff, but they did bonuses based on affiliate sales. Yeah. I know from one of the promotions they did that one of the pros sold over 200 pairs of shoes in a weekend. Jesus. That's crazy. Yeah. So like it works if it's done right. Right. And and for I can't remember like whatever happened, but I, there was a big shakeup at Etnies anyways. But like, um, you know, it it showed that it works. That and like in thinking about this too, it's a good way to like like how do you quantify how well a pro is doing for their company or how well a BMX media company is doing for the company that sponsors them. 
you could do it with affiliate marketing and that is a way to rank so like oh this guy sold this much okay we should be helping him out this much more so he can get to this many more people and actually have like objectives for professional bmx riders and and that's the tricky part too though is because some guys are going to be better at doing that stuff than other people and that doesn't necessarily translate to you know let's just say for me to do affiliate sales i don't i don't care how much money i make in a month from the website i work other jobs you know i've got other stuff going on so i'm not like oh no if i don't have enough money what am i gonna do yeah but like when you have, you know, let's say RBMX where they got guys on staff, they got plane tickets to pay for, hotels, all this stuff that mm-hmm. they got to cover, like, it's not always a good opportunity, like, an option for them, you know? Yeah. Uh, but, you know, they – so it, it varies. I mean, if they hit it right, they could do it and make good money. You can make good money off affiliate sales, but you have to do it right. And, it you know, you have to have that traffic. Yeah, and, I guess it's the argument that it – can all exist yeah <clears throat> it doesn't and, and have to just be affiliate it doesn't just have to be a company sponsoring banner ads or sponsoring posts on websites mm-hmm. and another random thought that i had too for bmx media and just the fact that they're doing youtube and stuff could be like if you've ever watched it's a random one but linus tech tips on youtube yeah. every single video he has at the beginning at the end this video is sponsored by and yeah. then, okay, what if BMX did that? And they said, this video is sponsored by Shadow. Check out their yeah. new OBB featherweight signature helmet at the link in the description below. Boom, here's your video. Yeah, and and stuff like that's been done. I mean, you think about it, like pre-roll ads for, you know, Vital does it. Yeah. I know they've done it. I used to do it when I did, uh, like, Vimeo videos. So yeah. I started a YouTube channel for the website in, like, 2012 or something like that. Didn't use it. Started putting all my stuff on Vimeo. Oops. <laughs> figured out how to do. I had we got like a custom coded video player so I could do pre-roll ads. Yeah. So I was selling pre-roll ads, which it helped, but I was also paying people like a hundred bucks for every edit that was submitted. Yeah. And then you know at a certain point you're kind of going okay like I can't keep paying a hundred dollars for these videos that are getting you know six hundred views. Right. <laughs> right. So that's why I think YouTube almost facilitates that better. Because yeah, then the, the, it just that's happens. one thing I think we're gonna see with YouTube is eventually they're gonna make it so that you could m- make your own ad deals. Yeah, well, um, actually, you can already kind of do that. It's just not anyone can do that. So, like, if you're working with a brand or you specifically work with a brand with your channel, they can yeah. pay or they can like specifically buy out ads on your videos okay so, so they did their ads and they can do that video specifically as well i'm pretty okay. sure i like i don't quote me on this yeah and, and that's something sure. that i've i've thought they should be doing for years now i mean you think about it like guys like scotty Kramer, where you know like monster if monster did yeah. like pre-roll ad they could they could quantitate like okay we paid this much for the ads. This is, he got like 200,000 views on this video. You know, it's kind yeah. of one of those things. So it's something that I think is going to be kind of the future is the way like video advertising is going to go. At least I hope, um, yeah. affiliate sales, that is something that can be definitely done more. Um, like I said, banner ads still have value, mm-hmm. but it's, it's just kind of the, all right, how do we balance this with, 
Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and then try to get people over to the website too. So yeah, yeah, there's a lot of good potential things to think about that could <laughs> help things help with things. I think the the whole pre roll. Even like within the video, someone actually says it, or yeah. or Shadow makes their own pre-roll video clip that you put in your file before your video starts. Yeah, and boom, because they do that with podcasts. Yeah, the yeah. Space Brothers, like they've got people saying something before the video. Obviously, it's a much longer mm -hmm. format, but it. I feel like that might be where things go towards. Um, yeah, and, and like even like Dennis was doing it on his podcast too, Dennis Henderson. Yeah, yep. And like and and the the podcast thing is that's an easy one where you can just kind of because you're already having a conversation with it. Where yeah. like a video, it's a little trickier, especially if it's just like an edit. You know, like do you want to try to put this in before the edit? And kind of everybody's like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, it's there's certain like types of content that can work better than others with that sort of thing, obviously. Right. I guess, I don't know. I guess we'll find out because the views dictate the value. And if the value is yeah. there, even if it's an edit, I mean, if I was running a site, I wouldn't be opposed to putting something before that. If it's a, yeah. if it's something that I'm not like that someone else is already paying for. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And, and that's that, I mean, not to, not to like rag on anybody, like it's the, like, I get why the media guys need to like, you know, dig and RBMX, like they have submitted videos. You hadn't submitted video, yeah. but like, I've also seen it where somebody will put, like share an edit on their channel. And then like a week later it appears on one of their channels or both of those channels. I think I've seen it once where like both showed up on theirs, you know, what do you mean? Who's like where let's say like for example like uh, a brand puts out a video and they give it to dig and oh, rbfx yeah. so there's three versions of it on youtube <clears throat> yep. all that were released at the same time so like for me where i'm i'm following all these channels i just see three in a row and i'm like okay i'm obviously gonna post the brand's video but you know it's just kind of crazy <laughs> yeah yeah definitely i feel like more structure yeah. in actually how things are kind of doing it uh, would help a little bit. Um, mm -hmm. So I kind of uh, think... I just, saw, I just saw Ricky's com comment. Yeah. And he, like, pros are now influencers. And, I mean... They were always influencers. They always were. It's just That's it's different now. You have to try a lot harder to be an influencer. <laughs> yeah, and, like... And just the fact that, like, you yeah you have to try more before you just it was how it was you mm -hmm. didn't you were just yourself and that was being an influencer now like because there's so much competition and so many different people you have to actually like put effort into saying like blah 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 company this yeah and and i mean me and you talked about this like a week ago or something about how so many riders ride the same that it's kind of hard to differentiate nowadays. Yep. And you get a ton of kids. Like I see it a lot where people are like, will you sponsor me? And it's like, well, I watched your stuff and you do all the same stuff. as like 10 other guys. And it's just like, I, you know, and they're just like, I don't get it. I don't get it. Yeah. That's what everyone else is getting sponsored for. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That, that kind of is a tricky thing too. And 
you know, media, I get it too. Like on our side, like we have to post, especially me where I post everything, but yeah, you know, like there are sometimes I see something, I'm just like, okay, this is the same thing I've seen 30 times today. I'm just done. Like right. I can't well, keep posting the same stuff over and over again. Absolutely. So, and you do a good job of having variety. Yeah. You're well, not I mean, posting exactly the same thing. Um, before we get out of the whole sponsored conversation, mm-hmm. I feel like it's we we sh- should have talked about it first, <clears throat> but I feel like it's uh, helpful to go through the history of sponsorship in BMX media because that is something a lot of people probably don't know about, and it was mm-hmm. crazy for a little bit. Yeah, I, and that's that's another thing too. I mean, you you can it, it starts you go back to the magazines, and it's you know full page ads and content based around writers that are sponsored by the advertisers. Yep. Uh, content that's based around trips from the teams. Like that's all, that's always been there. Yep. Um, and those things probably costed more money because oh, yeah. the value we have to think about in all of what we're about to say, the value yeah. that the media company, magazine company, whatever brought to the company yeah. was a lot higher. Yeah, and there was a whole lot less competition. I mean, you think about it, like Props or, you know, Dig or Ride when those magazines were all like really popular. Yeah. There wasn't the million other distractions. You weren't going on YouTube and clicking, you know, subscriptions and there's 20 new videos to check out. Yep. Um, So, you know, obviously that made more sense to have that money funneling into these sources because then it was their job to put it all together and make it work. Um, and give everybody a chance to, you know, have one place to find this stuff. Right. And, you know, then the websites started popping up and you look at, you know, okay, so now there's more, we- more opportunity because there's the magazines and there's the websites. So now you're trying to spend your budget between those two things as a brand. Yeah. A lot of it was, you know, okay, Ride has their website, Ride has their magazine, Dig has their website, Dig has their magazine. So they started doing that stuff too, um, and then obviously let's let's just kind of keep fast forwarding. You know, Facebook, Instagram, all that stuff starts taking over. Now a lot of brands they have they have social media managers, they have in-house photographers or filmers, or at least guys that they go to every time. Like mm-hmm. you can name, okay, let's say like Peter Adam. Who does he film for? You know? Yeah. You can, you can just kind of, yeah, yeah. You can just kind of go through and just go, okay, I know, you know, these guys do that. And yeah. so now it's less reliant. So brands are more, not necessarily less reliant on media, but they almost have to produce their own content just because if they're not putting out new content every day, especially on like Instagram, where if you stop posting for a few days, your reach drops dramatically. Right. So it's kind of one of those things where you've got to be producing your own content and, you know, you can't expect one, two, three guys to be able to keep up with the whole industry. Right, so. exactly. And that's kind of one of the things Trey was talking about. They didn't post whatever in this weekend. And mm-hmm. and then Fudger talked about it too. Like they messed up that weekend. And yeah. it's it's a lot of work to keep up with everything. You Yeah, you and that's one reason like I've fallen back. I'm like trying to keep up with like doing original content. Yeah. It's because there's so much other content that just, I'm just trying to promote that stuff because. Right. The return on that original content is just not there. It's, it's not as, yeah, it's not as valuable. I mean, there's obviously certain things like 
if you do a video that's really good and it gets a million views, yeah, that makes yeah. sense. But the chances you know, of that happening, yeah, especially with the amount of competition right now, is insane. Yeah. So it's it's kind of like you're you're gonna sit there and you're gonna try and try and make these make all this content on your own, and then you know in a two days it's on to something else anyways. So yeah, it's a it's a hustle and it's a grind, <clears throat> and that's why sometimes things get missed. Oh yeah, and by it's the time you miss it, so easy. A week later, it's too late. Like, yeah, it's not even worth posting. At that and, point. and that was the one thing I learned, especially like in my time when I was doing like the come up stuff is like, if you're not first, you're last. Yep. Ricky Bobby style for sure. Like, if you were the first one to post a video and got the link out. You would get all the traffic. But now it's like there's 30 different you know ways to do it. Right. So now everybody finds their stuff different ways. And it just kind of it's so divided that it's just hard to get everybody to go one place. Right, right. And there was a point in time where I've heard that the come up was getting big money for advertising. Yeah, yeah. Crazy dollars for just being. Uh, I've heard website. that too. And I, I never saw that end of it. And, you know, that's, I, I just, yeah, it, it didn't fit with what I wanted to do. And that's why I kind of went off, did my own thing. Right. And that's. Given I was already doing my own thing before that, but yeah. What a perfect transition into talking about BMX Union and kind of your <clears throat> why you do things the way you do. What like what specifically the goals are and kind of the vision for the site. Uh, you know, to be honest, like it's it's changed a little bit over the years. Um, originally, it was just interviews that I was doing with people, and it was you know I just kind of wanted to highlight a lot of guys that you know were coming up and they weren't necessarily known yet um there was a lot of guys that i interviewed that ended up going pro you know two years later and it was just kind of interesting but there's also a lot of guys i interviewed and then they just disappeared yeah and that that was kind of one of those things i think at one point we did i did like over 250 or something interviews with people Jeez. and it just kind of gets really repetitive because at that point it's just now you just got to feed the machine. So then you're just mm -hmm. trying to just produce content and it just, it gets stale. But you know, I, I'm guilty of that where it's just, you start repeating the same questions and you start asking, you know, give the same responses and it's just not as entertaining. Um, and then obviously between that, I was kind of juggling that while I was working at dig left dig started basically posting anything on my site because I was kind of over that whole, you know, you can only post, this was when the magazine had, you know, the, the, the publisher was telling us what we could do. Oh, okay. And it was like, yeah, if, you're, if it's not an advertiser, you can't post it. And I was like, okay, well, I get that. But, you know, at the same time, it's, you know, it's changed. Like, brand, they're, you know, like RBMX, they post other people's stuff. If it's not an advertiser, Dig does it too. Everybody yeah. does it. But, um, you know, especially for me, it's just I've never wanted to be held down by advertisers. So at one point I did have a lot of advertisers and then I felt like I owed everybody everything and I never felt like I was actually giving them the value. Mm -hmm. So that's when I got rid of all the advertising for a while there. And, um, you know, it's just post everything. For me, that's the way it's been is post everything, promote the guys that you don't necessarily get the you know, they don't necessarily get that shine time yeah. or they just, they're just starting out and they don't know how to get their name out. Yeah. Um, you know, like Ricky, I know I've probably mentioned him five times already, but like I've always posted his stuff just because he's one of those guys that you 
you can't compare his writing to anybody else. Right. And that's one thing I really like is being able to push, like, you know, like post a video or something that's different that's going to get people stoked because it's it's just something they don't see all the time. Right. So, I feel like that's... I think that's kind of the direction I've taken it. And it's, it's less about the original content for me now. And mm-hmm. it's more about just just posting all the good stuff that I see. And if, you know, if I like it, I, I mean, there's, it's rare that I don't see something that isn't worth posting, um, in some way. Like if somebody submits a video, I'm going to post it. Yeah. But like, if I'm just like, if I come across a video and it's, you know, crap filming and it's, you know, the, right. the writing isn't that great. Yeah. I'm going to pass on it. Naturally there's a bar. Like, yeah, there is. You've got to be at a certain standard. Um, I remember a time where it was like really hard to get videos posted, like in certain places. The come up was super, mm-hmm. like their standards for posting something. Maybe it was because of sponsorship stuff and only posting things. I don't know, but I just remember where it was really hard. And the same with Ride. It was like your video had to be top notch yeah. to make it onto websites. And, and that was kind of what spurred the, you know, let's give the guy that you've never heard of a chance to get his name out a little bit. Yeah. And that, that was, um, that was kind of a big thing for me. And like, I think a lot of people did see that and that, that was probably what drew a lot of people to come, you know, check out the stuff that they weren't seeing anywhere else on my site. Yeah. But given, you know, it's not always the best thing too to do that. So. (laughs) Yeah. That's. I don't know. I feel like there's got to be somebody that does that. And that's where the separation between Mm -hmm. BMX media slash BMX production companies and BMX news comes into play. Yeah. And, you know, and like I said, like, you know, my site wouldn't be able to exist without the other guys either because, you know, those guys are producing a shit ton of content. Oh, absolutely. Like, I don't know how they keep up with all that stuff. So it's yeah yeah it's pretty nuts and so with that um obviously you do have sponsors sponsor and non-sponsor stuff how do you handle the because you post everything yeah i I know i've noticed a few things like if you're working with a company i've seen like you'll post something that's like older Mm -hmm. again yeah so like kink complete stuff like you'll post like the kink 2020 whatever williams complete a yeah. second time and then like uh, yeah stuff. and like facebook and stuff yeah yeah so, so like, like, how do you basically that? like my process is when i start the day like every day i start the day and i come to my computer and i basically go through all my feeds and all my stuff and i pull up all the videos that i want to post or any of the news any of the content and i just kind of rate it based on you know like quality and what people want to see mm-hmm. and you know if there's there's a video it's it's all right or whatever it's not anything crazy i'll post that one first so that as i keep posting it you know it moves its way down yeah but then the top post is going to be the best video yep. or the best content at that at that point in the day i guess you should say um and uh you know obviously if a brand so for example kink and cinema support the site so if kink has a video I'm going to post that one last so it's on top. And then, you know, for three, four, five hours or whatever it is, if I go off and go to work or go do something else, it's on the top of the site. Yeah. 
And then I also have, um, you know, I'll, I'll promote that stuff. We'll have you on Facebook. I'll post stuff on Instagram for them. Um, one thing that I don't think a lot of people know is the site has a way to get push notifications, especially, I think it's only on desktop right now, but I have like 9,000 something subscribers on there that can get push notifications. So if, if it's like a brand sale like kink, when they posted their video yesterday, I'll, I'll, you know, send it out to that too. Yeah. I, so. I know you've talked about that with me before, but I didn't realize it was that many people. Yeah. Well, and it's weird because at one point I had, um, so this kind of like computer stuff, if you know websites, um, Google started pushing the HTTPS. It's like a secure. Yeah. Yep. So once that kicked over, I had the HTTP version had like 20 something thousand followers on there on that push notification yeah. thing. And when I switched to the HTTPS, uh, I had to start over. Yeah. And obviously now, like, it's harder to get people to the website than it was a year ago. So, right. Yeah. You should make, because now all websites or whatever that is with the cookies thing, mm -hmm. you should make the push notifications part of the cookies thing. So they push OK and then <laughs> they sign It would be nice, up. but it would, it would piss a lot of people off and they would probably break some law and like, <laughs> I'd get, like, a fine. Most likely. I'd be in euros. I wouldn't know how to pay it. That's <laughs> yeah, funny. Uh, so what else is there? Um, I'm trying to think. Is there anything else we didn't quite hit? I feel like we talked about a lot of things. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I guess it's kind of one of those things where it's just like, I think we did cover a lot of ground. Um, I'm just trying to look at the comments to see. If there is anything Everyone's praising Ricky right now. Yeah, no, he's, <laughs> he, he is the God. I don't know what he was talking about when he said that to me. Like, no, let's um, talk politics. I don't No, We're not doing that. Yeah. That's one thing. Like I, I've, I've tried so hard. So like even doing this right now is like, uh, you've asked me how many times to come do one of these. Yeah. And like, I, I'm super weird about that. Like I try not to make, it about me like I've always been like make it about the riders make it about yeah. not to say I don't ride but like just to make it about the people that are you know that I'm trying to promote you know it's not about me it's it's about the content and yeah you know, and whatever but yeah it's so doing stuff like this is just weird for me anyways so <laughs> yeah if, I just feel like it's pretty relevant as to that whole conversation that's going on and there's something to be said that Mike Hinkins is doing something that I think more people need to be paying attention to because he's bringing up questions and conversations that actually matter with this mm -hmm. kind of stuff he's like the whole thing of Trey Trey said mm -hmm. all of that stuff maybe it wasn't all 100% factual but it brought up fudger into the conversation mm -hmm. and then that inspired me to ask you so now we have the bmx union like not exactly perspective on that whole thing but just the kind of general like bmx yeah. media conversation is being grown bigger because of all, that one thing yeah and i think a lot of the stuff that's like we talked about is stuff that like the general public probably doesn't even need to worry about yeah I mean, you, you guys all see it like, yeah, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, all that stuff. But like the, the business side of like running a media site, like it's, you know, it's, it is what it is. Like, right. But the thing of it is, is like, if we don't talk about it and mm -hmm. the, the problems are never going to stop existing. 
Yeah. That's kind of yeah. why I bring this stuff up because there've been so many times, like I made that one podcast thing talking about older riders mm-hmm. and I feel like it kind of like got people talking and yeah. and now and, things might change for the better for that. So it's yeah. like, and I think, I, I mean, that's, yeah, and that's something that's a little different, but like on the media side, I think it's more or less just the, the growing pains and uh, yeah. the evolution of things, like the transition of how do we keep up with everything? Because now you got to do way more work than it used to be, given it's a lot easier to do it. But it's, yeah, I think we're going to keep seeing changes on the way things go. Um, obviously, I think Dig and RBMX are doing really good things with just their YouTube channels, especially. Like, that's that's kind of the direction I see things going. Yeah, absolutely. On that, but. Their YouTube, the RBMX YouTube channel right now is, it's like it's turning into exactly kind of what I thought BMX needed whenever I had that. Remember when we had the conversation about doing the submit thing? Yeah. And I was like talking about ride and how they're starting to do that at the time. Mm -hmm. Then ride stopped and then they picked it up with our BMX. And now it's just like, it's everything people from all over the place, the video, Mm -hmm. like they posted my video. And then a couple days before that, it was pegless street riding with Mm -hmm. like, the mad Mike jam in there as well. And it's like, there's so much different stuff in one place and not all of it is sponsored stuff. Yeah. And that's, and that's super important. And that, that kind of goes back to like what I always, you know, I'm trying to do is, you know, promote the stuff that people don't normally see. Yeah. So like the rider that you've never heard of, like every day there's a video and there's, you know, some kid doing something crazy that I've never heard of. And that's, mm-hmm. that's really cool. And because they went on that channel, you know, let's say RBMX, they ended up getting, you know, 8,000 views on a video that if they would have posted themselves, maybe got 200. Yep. Exactly. So, and, and that's, that's one thing I always kind of regret is not putting more into YouTube before it all blew up. Yeah. Cause that's, I mean, if I would have started pushing it really hard in like 2012 or 2011 or whatever it was that I set it up in it, it would have probably been, you know, I think it's, uh, what's Woozy BMX. Yeah. He had like, he had like 150,000 fall like fans on YouTube before anybody else had anything else going on YouTube. So yeah, it's, it's one of those things. Yeah. But it's, it's pretty cool. Like what you just said about the whole 8,000 views versus 2,200 views thing. It's cool that, now you, even you're getting to post some of like probably the same people that you would be posting anyways, but you're posting the video that's on our BMX's YouTube channel yeah. with way more views for that person. Yeah. So overall, I feel like it's just like BMX media, even though it's not as valuable to companies, mm-hmm. I feel like it's more valuable than ever to the riders. Yeah. And it's just, just like I said before, it's just, you got to kind of evolve with it and it needs to, it's, it's not going to be anything like it used to be. Um, yeah. Like, like Ryan said in his interview that, you know, there's brands that, you know, that they haven't worked with them in years and that's because they put so much time into their own channels. And one thing that I always kind of worried about is you'd see all these brands, especially before rides switch, like went away. Because you saw brands put a lot of 
everything into all right let's just give all our videos to ride or whatever and it's not an issue now that they're you know they're on their own and they're running running things by themselves but when you have a publisher that could pull the plug at any time like they did like they did <laughs> yeah poof, all of that is gone that's now pretty the brand crazy that gave them that has you know they don't have it on their channel that stuff could all disappear given i'm sure they'll just keep it up but but it very well could there's probably there's millions of views worth of stuff on the old ride yeah. youtube channel that could be gone any day they decide to push mm -hmm. that button and and that's that's one thing that kind of blows my mind especially like for some of the bigger brands that you know they could just be building up their own channels and not have to worry about it disappearing someday because they have full control over it yeah but if you if you're giving away your content, not to say like you shouldn't, you know, obviously there's certain scenarios where it makes sense to premiere a video on another channel. Mm -hmm. But you know, at the same time, it's like if if you're trying to build this up, you gotta you gotta be kind of watching out for yourself too. So yeah, that's an interesting thought. It's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to see where things go. Where do you see it? Let's say. What's a good time frame? I don't know. A couple of years from now. Uh, that's that. I know that's it's really like hard. A super like, hard thing to think about, just because how much it's changed in like the last five years. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, like given if if I you know hindsight twenty twenty, if I would have known what it, what it is now, I would have been dumping so much time and energy into YouTube like five years ago. Yeah. But you know, it's at the same time I could have done that and. You know, there could have been something else that took off, and everybody took the attention away. Um, Facebook, I don't, I don't, I think they're going to kind of end up going like the MySpace route. Um, Instagram, like you said, it's starting to go down. I, you know, I don't know anything about TikTok. TikTok's freaking going crazy right yeah, now. Like I didn't that, tell anyone about it, but I made a TikTok account a couple months ago. I've been I, randomly <laughs> posting on it and stuff. One, I had a video on there from a jam we had this summer. Yeah, it blew up and got like over three hundred thousand views on it, <clears throat> and I yeah. almost have ten thousand followers on TikTok. That's like just random people, I think. Yeah, and that's that's the whole thing. Like, if you're not keeping up with that stuff, you don't know what's going on. Like <laughs> next week, that could be the biggest thing for you know all the kids that are buying BMX bikes. Yeah. I and think it's all of a sudden, good. every brand that's been putting all their effort into you know Facebook and Instagram, all of a sudden they have to go, okay, how do we make TikTok work? Um, you know, I saw a few brands start certain Snapchat, but like Snapchat's that's, dead now. That just doesn't work. It doesn't yeah. work that way. Um, that Vero, I yeah. played around with it, but it just it's it, it's Instagram. You know, it's the same. It has to be something different. You know, that's yeah. the thing. Yeah, I think. I personally think TikTok will probably take over Instagram. Like maybe they'll be competing for a while, but TikTok's in a place right now where people can, they don't have the algorithm that holds people back yet. And, and that's the other thing. Like you could see, you know, something like that that goes and becomes really big. And then all of a sudden it becomes about money. And then they're, you know, it's the same thing with Facebook. Like before they were, you know you could post a link and it went everywhere and now it's like for you share a link and nothing happens because they're so concerned about keeping people on facebook to view their ads that's yeah. really what they want and yeah 
Yep. We'll we'll see, I guess. Uh, yeah. So that kind of didn't really answer the question. I interrupted you about TikTok. No, no, that's fine. And like I said, like it's hard to see. I think obviously video content is going to be the future. Um, you know, there's obviously okay. Oh <laughs> Tanner Ricky said there's a Facebook's making a TikTok killer, but Ricky, you're a conspiracy I think they try theorist. To, they try to. I think Facebook tries to do that. They. These big companies they'll buy out these little you know yep. startups and then they'll they'll do nothing with them or they just won't take off you know yeah. the way you think they will. It's um, investments. Yeah, I, I don't see YouTube going away ever. No, I think YouTube's just going to keep getting bigger. Um, yeah. it's it's going to be how yeah, yeah somebody just pointed out Vine. That's basically what TikTok is. It's Vine, but um, the. Uh, <laughs> I know Ricky. Oh, like YouTube. So, like, as long as they keep evolving in the right direction, like they're you know the premieres, the live chat, the live streaming, yeah. all that stuff. If they keep doing things like that with like good intentions, and it's not just how do we generate more ad revenue, or how do we you know as soon as they start making it like you have to pay to watch somebody's YouTube channel, they're done. But. Yeah. Because yeah. some people get sick of it, but you know, it's. It would take a pretty significant entity and amount of money to create something that could take over for like over YouTube. Like I've heard people talk about how Twitch could yeah. potentially, because they're backed by Amazon. Uh, so Twitch could potentially like, they could make an upload service. They already yeah. have the revenue stream and supporting people that way, so it's it's possible. But there have been people who have tried to make video services. There was one, I forget what it was even called, but they had a ton of big YouTubers on it recently. Mm -hmm. That they they like had content that they like paid or helped them out for uploading early before it went on to YouTube, trying to get people to go to it and then it just died yeah so it's like it's i don't see youtube dying the infrastructure is already there and that's the big thing and as long as they keep evolving and making it better and not trying to just see how they can make it into a money-making thing that's people will keep using it yep. so yeah i i think they're getting even better about things too being someone who's actually on youtube using it all the time mm -hmm. they're better now about like they're better they have the creator in mind more now than mm -hmm. they did a year ago two years ago and, and it's because they see it like they you know they realize how much money they can make by just keeping the people making the content happy yeah you know, that's that's where they're making their money so i think that guy meant vimeo and vimeo <laughs> is just not gonna happen for yeah, some reason, man, when we were doing lip boards and stuff, too hipster. I mean, it. I I do like when Vimeo videos because they do have certain things that make it a little better. Yeah. At least originally, they used to be better quality than YouTube, but that's that's obviously changed. Um, it's yeah. There's like small things like Vimeo. When you embed a video, you can do like a responsive size, so you don't have to mess around with the code. Where YouTube doesn't do that. Gotcha. For me, when I'm posting something, like instead of me having to go in and like change the, the size of the video. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Stuff like that. It's small things that I'm like, God, I wish they would just do that on YouTube. But yeah. Vimeo has its features, but it's just not good enough of a search engine 
to even remotely try to compete. Yeah. Um, so I'm not sure what this crypto thing is. Theta is. Have you heard of Theta? Uh, I've heard of it, but I didn't look into it. So like the crypto stuff that I don't know. I, I haven't gotten into that just because it's it's so like all of a sudden there was like 37 different crypto coins and stuff oh, like dude, this. There's and hundreds. Hundreds yeah, and yeah. hundreds. You can make your own right now if you want. That's to. that's why it doesn't make any sense to me. Like I was like, ah, I'm not gonna mess with that. If it's, it, you know, if there was like a standard currency, yeah, that'd be cool. But I don't know. There's these guys that just have insane money that they're just like, oh, I'm gonna start a currency. I'm gonna start this and that. And I'm pretty sure Vero is like a backed by like the like oil companies or something from like the Middle East or something. Really. I don't know. That's I thought crazy. I heard that somewhere. Like somebody said, told me that it was. Is like, that how it still exists and hasn't died yet? I mean, they're fund. Yeah, the funding to make that go. Oh like, my god, is insane. So I don't know. It's it's kind of crazy when you look at BMX and it's like media functions on not very much money. Yeah. But then look at like the rest of the world and like where people like piss their money away. It's insane. Right. <laughs> Right. Okay. So back to BMX media. Uh, I just had a thought and a good question. Maybe this would be a good place to end it. Uh, how how do we how do BMX media companies bring value to BMX parts companies moving forward? Because obviously the companies are making their own value by having their own social media networks and YouTube channels. Is it possible for the BMX media company to stay sustainable in, in 2020? Chris, you're hilarious. Thank you. Um, that's that's kind of the, the million-dollar question. I think, uh, like, Mike talked about it when he was doing his interview with, like, Fudger. Like, there's two ways to look at it, and it's, you know, it's either you're, like, supporting the – the media or you know it's it's a drain on their budget you know it's kind of you could look at it both ways um dance comp is uh, that's that's a whole different <laughs> yeah different right conversation now. but but back to the media thing yeah how do they bring um, value i think you know there's gonna have to be a balance and i think they're starting to kind of figure that out where like for example today um, that Shadow and Sabrosa video from from uh, Poland that came out. Dig Dig premiered that. Okay. And it's because Peter a Peter Adam filmed it as like Dig being like a partnership with them and that. So yeah. I think content like that makes sense. Um, you know, if you're if your in-house filmer is producing a video and the brand is paying for it all and then giving it to a media outlet. To me, that doesn't make sense. Maybe it makes sense to do that if you're a smaller brand and you want to get a bigger reach, yes. But in the long term, if you're trying to build your brand's you know, channels up, obviously you can't be giving away everything. Right. So I think, like you had said, like it's becoming more of a media company versus a, you know, a news outlet. Yeah, they're a production company. They're, yeah, a production company. They're producing content for brands. And it's less about the uh, the value that they bring as far as exposure and influence goes. 
mm-hmm. to people and more about the product that they can give them almost. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, when you look at it, you know, you know what those guys can do for content and quite honestly, I'm, I'm kind of surprised to see it that there hasn't been like a, like a props kind of style YouTube channel. But basically it's, it's like, I can't imagine the money it would take to start something like this, but you take, you basically get all the top filmers to all work together on this like channel basically. Yeah. So they're, they're all like basically producing content from all over the world for this one YouTube channel. And I can see that kind of becoming a thing, but the amount of money that it would take to make that happen is crazy. Absolutely insane. Plane tickets, hotels, you know, per diems or whatever, you know, it's to do one video, like it would have to be a channel that can do, you know, hundreds of thousands of views per video to make something like that work. And I'm literally sitting here thinking like, is it is it that one of these uh, BMX riders with a YouTube channel just needs to wake up one day and realize, hey, if I make a BMX my channel into a BMX media channel, mm-hmm. it it could possibly take over as the biggest BMX media. Overnight. It could. It, it'd be a big risk. I mean, it would be a huge like risk. The uh, the amount of money it would take to do it, but if you could pay like the top filmers like good money turn it into like a salaried position or something that'd be cool um it would work it just would be a huge risk it probably cost an insane amount of money to start but yeah um (laughs) i don't know i think i think you're right in saying youtube is one yeah and and, like that's like some people said like greed and you know profitability turns ugly and all that stuff which it does it can especially when it becomes the the ultimate goal of producing all this content you know like hey like if we're not profitable you know how are we gonna make this work you know obviously people are gonna get salty if they don't feel like they're getting paid enough or whatever but yeah once it becomes like how do we make more money then it does get harder but i think that might be why it's can, a really good thing that none of these companies are owned by publishers anymore. Yeah, they are. I think that's that's the biggest thing that I've seen in the last couple of years that I think is huge, is that there are no more publishers that own the media brands. You know, everybody's kind of independent now, and they're all owned or ran by people that ride or have rode their whole life. So except Vital. <laughs> Oh no, Vital no Brad McDonald. Oh, he still owns it? Yeah, Brad does. Oh, I thought someone else owned it now. No, unless I had missed something, but I'm pretty sure that's still the case. Oh, well then okay. So yeah. So it's it's still that situation. So and that yeah, that's that's kind of the good thing like that's going on right now. And I think it's just kind of taking it back to where it needs to be. Um obviously figuring out how to make the money work is going to be the hard part. Yeah. And it'll be interesting to see, see that, uh, in the future. I think that's probably a good place to end the conversation. Yeah. We're an hour deep. Hopefully if anyone has any questions or anything like that, they can leave them in the comments later. We'll probably do another one of these one day where I make Kurt talk about himself. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. Worst thing ever. All right. Well, 
with that, thank you guys all for tuning in. We got 17 people in here still. Uh, if you're new, you know what to do, and hopefully we'll see you tomorrow for another video. Thanks, Kurt. Good yep. night.